0: carrington vanston
1: and i'm mike mcginnis
0: and this is no quarter the classic arcade podcast It is all of those things including a podcast indeed <laughs> indeed yes how you doing mike i'm doing well carrington how are you i'm excellent we are recording saturday morning and since you are in a weird western time zone it's quite early for you but it is a reasonable time for me Yes, I think it should be against the law to be up this early in
1: the morning on a Saturday.
0: But sucks to be you.
1: (laughs) Well, if my podcasting partner hadn't had a date last night, we could have done it yesterday.
0: Oh, yeah. So, (sighs) hooray for me and having a social life.
1: Well, I guess we can make an exception now and then.
0: Yes. (laughs) So, um, let's talk about arcades. Let's talk. And and arcade games and, and stuff in general. And then we could record it. And then we could, like, put it out on the internet. Wait, I think there's something to this. What a novel concept. <laughs> it is. So, um, did we get feedback this week? Mike, Mike, did people um, write to us? Did they miss us? Did they love us?
1: Well, I don't <laughs> know about missing us or loving us. Uh, they did... We did get a couple of posts on Facebook.
0: I've heard of that.
1: Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, about Buck Rogers, the game that we talked about last week, briefly. The
0: game that we talked about <laughs> in negative words. Yes. We, we used our na- negative words for that one. Lots yes. of no. Uh,
1: yes. This this was not a game that I need to play ever again. Buck Rogers, had planet uh, of no. Uh, Vixage says, I've never had the, quote, pleasure of playing this title in the arcades. I played quite a bit on the C- I." Uh, I played quite a bit on the of the C64 version uh, and can't wait to listen to the next episode. Mike Whalen said, uh, this is a game like Zookeeper and Tutankhamen in which I saw maybe one cabinet among the few arcades I frequented. I always wondered if some of the games appeal to different markets. Well, I'd say that's probably accurate.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And I, I do think um, not only were individual arcade owners going to use their own personal taste and the taste of you know the kids around them and who's throwing quarters into what and like you know if you're not if your beat 'em ups are not really performing you're not going to bring more of those in. I also do think that this prob- probably people were ordering through regional distributors or something. I actually. Now that I'm talking, I realize I'm talking about something I don't know anything about. (laughs) I I actually got pretty far into that sentence before realizing I'm talking smack. But um, it was probably the case that they went through distributors and and that they would be pushing and have only so many things available. And they were probably ordered at like a wholesale level. And then I guess I wonder how that actually worked.
1: I mean, we can make up whatever we want here. It's not like anyone's actually listening to us. So. <laughs>
0: there are seven people listening. Oh, well,
1: they'll hold us accountable.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, they will. You know who else is uh, listening? We are being listened to by Heather. She wrote in to say, hi, Mike and Carrington. I really love No Quarter and all your other podcasts. I even listen to your Apple-related podcasts, even though I'm one of those evil Commodore users. So that's two for two in feedback about Commodore people. Okay, <laughs> Commodore people, look, what's <laughs> and also, why aren't we more represented in the, in the Apple community we go and hang out at their events what's up with you apple people right in um, anyway she writes to say i know neither of you were impressed with buck rogers but i really enjoyed the coleco Adam computer version quite a bit it came as a pack-in cassette tape um game that took forever to load each level ah cassettes So slow. So she says, from the sound clip you played, I think you are playing Golden Axe this week. Ha! Nice try, but wrong. That was really one of my favorite arcade (laughs) games in the side-scrolling genre. And yet, I'm going to be talking about Golden Axe during this game. So she was... Closer than she might think Um, I used to collect arcade cabinets And at one time I had more than 10 of them I am jealous of Heather I never had more than two Which is what I have now Um, One of the cabinets I had Was a fully functional Golden Axe cabinet That I picked up At the end of an arcade machine Auction for 10 bucks That is a crazy sweet deal (laughs) Yeah, no eh? way. All my original arcade machines are long gone, and I now enjoy my arcade goodness on a custom MAME cabinet with a a 25-inch CRT. Then she sent us a link, which I put in the show notes, um, uh, a link to a YouTube video that shows her MAME cabinet in action. It also shows her little adorable cat at the bottom. But... We get to see the the front end that she's using for her cabinet, which I think is, she says, is Magic Engine. I hadn't seen it before, but watching her front end and what she has loaded for um, not just MAME, but also the home console machines and emulators, I am so super crazy jealous she has exactly what i want to have (laughs) so i was like oh my god i just want to sneak in and steal it which is probably not what a normal person would think right away when they see something they want um but i'm super jealous she has exactly the arcade setup that i i wish that i had instead of my my silly uh text-based command line (laughs) (laughs) i really i really got to do something about it so i'm going to check out this um magic engine front end because uh it looks like exactly what i've been looking for Awesome. Yeah, totally awesome. So I'll have a link in the show notes in case anybody else wants to get excited the way I am by what (laughs) Heather said. You can go to the show notes and I'll have a link over to her YouTube video. Uh,
1: Dr. Quest tweeted to us um, about Buck Rogers. He said, only watch the first season of Buck Rogers. The second season is horrible. And I would agree with
0: him. Okay. I have no opinions about that. I remember the Buck Rogers show and I'm sure that I watched it because I'll watch anything sci-fi. Even the bad stuff, I'll still watch it and just complain about it. But I don't remember particularly liking the Buck Rogers. By the time it was out, I was already into the vintage stuff. I've always loved old um, uh, detective serials and, and and sci-fi serials and that kind of stuff. So I was already watching the old Buck Rogers stuff, and I kind of wanted my Buck Rogers to be that way instead of you know shiny eighties way. So um, well,
1: and the first season of Buck Rogers was they were set. Uh, it was set on a future Earth, uh, and they were in a city called New Chicago and and everything was based around that. And then the second season, all of a sudden, for some reason, they're on this interstellar spaceship going somewhere else. And half the characters are, yes. And and half the characters are gone. And and there's a new half man, half bird character who was basically a man in in a feather wig. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And, and the stories just got really ridiculous and stupid. Um, So, and, and that's, I think why ultimately the show was canceled.
0: Okay. Then that's a, good tip then only watch season one got it yes so N- nicely um, tipped
1: so thanks for that dr quest and do we have any other feedback this I week i
0: think that's all i got i don't know i just enjoyed watching heather's video so i kind <laughs> of stopped reading email i'm sure we got other email i'll eventually get to it <laughs> So you're not even paying attention right now. You're actually just watching the video. I'm playing. I'm playing an, our video game. I'm playing our ah. ridiculous, weird video game from this week. <laughs> and what is that video game? It character? is Altered Beast.
1: Yes, this is. Uh, we, we we gave a, a Sega game a pretty bad review last week, so I, I thought maybe it'd be a. Um, a good opportunity to give them another chance. And look so we'll, you,
0: there's like method to the way you there, I there should there let the listeners <laughs> know for the most part, Mike chooses the game. We get to the end of the episode, I'm like, so what are we playing next week, Mike? I just let him choose. <laughs> Sometimes he gives me a couple to choose from, but for the most part I just leave that up to him. So um, awesome. Look at you thinking, Sega, Sega. I didn't even catch up. That's on, crazy, yeah. not that At all. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yep. So, so we have jumped actually ahead uh, six years. Uh, Buck Rogers was, was released in 1982. This one was released in 1988, and it it was based around their Sega Sega System 16 uh, arcade board.
0: Mm-hmm. As was Golden Axe. That's why um, I was going to bring up Golden yes. Axe. Yes, and you Shinobi
1: can... and a few other games. Oh, so, Shinobi.
0: Yes. We got but were... <laughs> oh, one of the all-time best games. Love Shinobi. And the thing is, when you play this game, I mean, there's a lot of other games like, say, Tetris that were on uh, Sega 16B as well. So it's not that every game on that system looked like this. But there is... When you play Golden Axe and you play Altered Beast and you play Shinobi, very different games in their particular particularities, in their specifics. <laughs> but <laughs> they share a feel to them in their general arcade play sense, I find. The, the side-scrolling, the beat-up nature, that kind of stuff. Um, so you can kind of see... How they're related hardware wise. Like it just it seems to me like somebody could start with Golden Axe and then think, I want to take a totally different approach and like make a totally different game, but kind of base it on the the general, very general foundations. Same thing with Shinobi and stuff. You know, you got jumping, you got side scrolling, you got, you know, distance attacks and lots of enemies on screen at once and and that kind of stuff. So there there is a a relationship there, definitely.
1: Well, there's also a relationship in the creator of both Altered Beast and Golden Axe. I did not know this. Yes, I don't know who
0: the creator is. Uh,
1: the primary, de- well, Sega was obviously the creator, but the primary designer was Makoto Uchida, who also designed uh, Golden Axe, and he designed a bunch of other games as well. Uh, but those, these two, I think, were his most uh, famous titles. Right. Um, so there's that. Uh, <clears throat> The plot of the game is fairly simple. Uh, you've been raised from the grave, according
0: to the digitized speech
1: at the beginning by Zeus. To rest rise
0: in... from your grave. <laughs> That's the one, yes. Or, as I, I I, really know this game, to be honest, I know this game more as a Sega Genesis game than an arcade game, because it was one of the original pack-in games before they switched to uh, um, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. So in the, in the Americas, it was the pack-in game, I think. But on that, the... The voice wasn't quite as good. It sounded kind of like Krupke from Big Bang Theory, or at the time, I thought it sounded like Elmer Fudd because Elmer Fudd, yes. it's, it's it's kind of goes wise from your way. <laughs> it's like so used to always make me laugh. Anyway, yes, you are raised, you're you're risen from from the dead by Zeus.
1: Yes, and your goal is to rescue his daughter from the evil bald magician.
0: Yes, Athena has been has been kidnapped. And you are a, a centurion, I guess, a Roman soldier. Uh, you are that was, that was killed in battle, obviously. Otherwise, you would not be
1: needing to be risen from your grave. So,
0: basically, um, you are being sent off to go save the princess. So, it's Mario World with uh, PG-13 violence and totally bonkers enemies.
1: Indeed. And as you progress through the game, there are, are uh, not only different areas, of course, that you have to fight through. Um, and I'm not finding the levels...
0: There are five levels. There
1: are five levels, in each, and, and as you as you beat the, beat up your opponents, because this is a side-scrolling beat 'em up game, uh, if you see the double-headed wolf and you punch and kick him to death, as one should when one yes. sees a double-headed wolf, of course, because why not, right? <laughs> uh, these these will drop these white wolves will drop power
0: orbs, and as or, you, as they're called in the uh, the manual spirit balls ah oh, yes spirit balls. <laughs> it's fun to say spirit balls this game could have been called spirit balls
1: yes and and each time you grab one of these spirit balls you're yeah, i'm I know. a
0: child but come on that's pretty much <laughs> we, should,
1: we should be playing the uh, beavis and butthead laughing in the background well this game
0: puts you in the mindset of a 13 year old kid though it sort of does yes, yes.
1: but it transforms your character slowly <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> Slowly through the uh, through the progress of the game in the first level you become a wolf and then later on you become a dragon a bear a tiger and eventually a gold wolf.
0: Yes, I was uh, when I played this game in the arcade, which I didn't play much of it, I think, and then on Sega Genesis, I never got to that 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 last uh, the the fifth um, layer. So I never knew what you transformed into. In fact, I don't think I ever got past the bear. So because uh, this game is. Re- ridiculously hard in the arcade version if you're playing with actual quarters it would take yeah. you like 300 quarters to get to that that last wolf
1: indeed yeah that and that was one of the the things that the first thing that that i remembered when i fired up man this time was how much i didn't like this game because of how difficult it was at the yep. beginning
0: this uh, game wants to be free well, <laughs> free is a good way to play this game
1: yes well it's challenging especially when you're in your centurion form because you don't have any ranged weapons yeah you basically you have
0: punching hello and you so you walk around um in and all you're wearing is this skimpy red banana hammock of a bathing suit and all you have is punch (laughs) attacks i know it's like hello arise from the dead and be my beefcake and you just go around and punch things but then your your punch attacks get sort of increasing range um when you steal energy by killing these wolves um but it's all about the transformation like you get three power-ups or whatever from the wolves and um then uh you get to transform into that that uh crazy beast it's it's remarkably like the uh the the i don't know we call it the 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 power balance it's an it's an unbalanced game that way like because when you're in your skimpy little red look at look at me beefcake outfit you've just got punches like you got no range stuff you've i mean you've got your fists of fury and uh and you're battling like you know total totally bonkers enemies like there's these blue demons and In khaki cargo pants and green, guys who walk around in purple shawls, carrying like their own skulls in the right hand, and just have a empty spine sticking up from the neck. I mean, it's all totally awesome, except it's a world that seriously needs a fashion revolution. (laughs) But anyway, so after you get the three power ups, you you alter yourself into a new kind of beast. See what I did there? And but at this point, you're basically unstoppable. You got these powerful range attacks and stuff. So you go from being super wimpy a banana hammock man to this crazy ultra powerful multiple range attack beast guy when you get your three spirit balls. So it's, it, you know, the game changes completely when you get those.
1: Well, one of the frustrating things for me was that uh, as, as you're moving left and right and punching and kicking, when you're, when you're punching, you can't move. So while the, the punch animation is happening, you can't continue to move left and right. Yep. So if you are not, In the right range to do the punch, and you miss, you're just sort of standing there, vulnerable to being hit. And there were, especially in that first level, there you you mentioned that that blue demon guy—he does that triple punch and can can basically
0: kill you with one attack. Yeah, this is Um, a game that makes you want to rage quit, like rage quit hard. Yes. Oh my god, because it'll also have kind of flaky collision detection. It has. It. We'll talk about the hardware in a bit. It's got these these uh, like multiple uh, layers in it, but if. If looking at the screen there's also multiple levels like top to bottom and so you can walk along the bottom of the the monitor and enemies can be there and then there's usually like a platform or pillars or or ledges of some sort above you that you can jump up to and you can be at that level so there'll be two different levels that monsters and stuff can be on that was the kind of thing and and the way it's implemented was the sort of thing that made me not want to play it much at the time because i guess i'm like super ocd or something but you'd get this like the wolves can be walking around the top level on, say, pillars, and the way the 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 game is working, that something is either at that level or it's at the lower level, and if it's considered to be at the top level, it. A beast on all four legs can walk out and have its front two legs just completely in air, but it stands as if it's still on the level. And that kind of stuff just drives me crazy and it'll die and be just lying there with only its tail touching on the platform as if the tail is holding it up. And those kind of things on the sprites would just drive me bonkers visually. So that kind of stuff bugged me. But also I found that the collision detection is a little flaky. The controls, I remember being a little flaky, but that might be the particular game or particular machine I played on at the time and stuff. But that's countered by the fact that this is a crazy, cheesy B movie of a of a game. It's it's just like completely over the top insanity with the kind of monsters you face, and um, it's 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 exuberant. You know, it's it's trashy, and I think it's supposed to appeal to a thirteen year old's sensibility. It's got the, the kind of plot that a preteen would come up with during a and D session, and the kind of enemies that a thirteen year old would think are awesome. And I think you have to be in that mindset to enjoy this game and yet still even if i could get myself in that mindset which for me really isn't that much of a change i would still want to rage quit like every 30 seconds from this thing something would happen where i'd be like ah, i want to throw my controller against the wall <laughs> oh. but
1: i didn't quite want to rage quit like you um i certainly had some of the same frustration and, and those oh by the way those those spirit balls if you don't grab them they sort of float up to the top of the screen and disappear yep and then
0: you're screwed Um, Also, yeah, the the boss fight, the bosses won't get triggered if you're not in your altered state. So if you can't get those things, then you're basically going to just be walking around forever. Like, you have to be in the altered state to trigger a boss fight. Right. Or the game just goes forever. That took me a while to realize, like, why the hell is the boss not coming? I want to punch him with my banana hammock. Um,
1: I did, uh, like like I said, I I didn't want to rage quit quite as much as you did. Uh, There were a lot of annoying things in this game and, and... Probably because I wasn't actually feeding real quarters into a machine. I, I, it would have been worse if I'd been doing that. I oh, yeah. actually really still enjoy this game a lot. Yep, yep. Uh, there, there are five levels, as you mentioned. There's the graveyard, the underworld, the cavern of souls, and then you go to Neff's palace, and finally to the city of Dis... I guess, sure. And each one of these has its own boss. The first one is Agar, an ogre-like monster that <laughs> he's primarily made up of earth and rotting corpses that he throws at you.
0: And he throws you know, his heads at you. <laughs> <laughs> like he pulls his head heads. off and he throws it repeatedly, so he can have and another head pops up. Like like he's like a, a, a tissue dispenser for for skulls. <laughs> and he just, throws, I mean, like, that itself tells you the kind of sensibility that this game has. Yeah. When he started throwing a skull at me, I'm like, oh right, this guy, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Uh, next, we have Octise.
1: It's a plant-like entity that attacks the player with huge amounts of poisonous spores in the shape of eyeballs.
0: Yep. Uh, the moly Snail, who is part snail, part salamander. That I never got to until I could play infinitely for free.
1: <laughs> the Crocodile Worm. And finally, Rhinoceros Man. Of course. Which is Neff himself taking on the form of this armored rhino beast that charges across the, spe- charges across the screen at high speed and crushes you.
0: Yep. As rhino beasts are wont to do, indeed. And there's um, jibbing in this game, so I and I don't know if it's the f- first. Golden Axe, I guess, came before that, and it would have it as well. But it's an early example of like you're killing beasts. And they don't just lie down and die. They sort of burst into... They are, they are, as one would say, decimated, cut up into a bunch of pieces.
1: Right. This game actually had a surprising amount of, of gore and violence, yep. um, especially for... By surprising, for do you mean kids. pleasing? Oh, well, indeed. <laughs> that's yes. pleasing about the gore um, I didn't remember it being this gory. And as I was reading about it, that was one of the, I guess, early selling points. Is, uh, was to two young 13-year-old boys is how violent this game was. Does this was. mean your parents were
0: not letting you play this?
1: Uh, they actually didn't have a problem with this game as okay. well. just because there wasn't enough
0: Satan in it. Right, yeah. We're just worried about the Satan quality. (laughs) They
1: were were fine with Greek gods and and that sort of mythology, but not Satan.
0: But what if it turned you into somebody who worshipped Zeus instead? It was a
1: dangerous game they were playing. You you walk that line. You you mess with the bull, you get the horns, pal.
0: (laughs) Oh, good movie. Good movie. (laughs) That's right. So let's talk about the hardware. Let's. Well, as we said, it runs on Sega System... 16B, which is Golden Axe and Shinobi to me, but I'm pretty sure that was Tetris as well, and a whole bunch of games I'm not sure of. But I am not aware of what CPUs and chips. I'm assuming you would have looked that up. Uh, in fact, I have. Excellent. I was uh, hoping the, you did that. Work.
1: The Sega S- System 16 comes with a main CPU uh, of a Motorola 68000 at 10 megahertz. Really?
0: So this basically yes. runs on an early Mac. Pretty much. It's, nice. Oh, it man, also 10 oh, nice.
1: It also comes with a Zilog Z80 sound chip at 4 megahertz. Wow. Uh, or at five megahertz in the in the sixteen B version and a Yamaha YM twenty one fifty one sound chip at four megahertz. Uh, the display resolution is three twenty by two twenty four using uh, up to four thousand ninety six colors.
0: Wow, yeah, it, um, it did seem re- remarkably colorful. Like yes. we've been playing a lot of early games before this, not Buck Rogers much, but like a lot of the you know the really vintage games. And so when you jump to something like this, this. Like, uh, my, I was like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of colors in this game. <laughs> and it's a a, a vertical we, um, resolution monitor. Yes, it is.
1: And you can have you can, the game could display up to 128 on-screen sprites at a time.
0: That is a lot of sprites. I do know it was using sprite layers. I, and I think, as far as I can tell from looking at it, it had at least one or two tile layers. There would be a text layer, which seemed to be a separate layer for the sprites, and then also a sprite layer. And it seemed to be using some sort of scaling um, which is probably hardware-based as well. So just kind of looking at it, that's going to give it a lot of capabilities that earlier games, like you know anything that's going to be running like a Pac-Man machine, wouldn't have... Th- th- I mean, just not at all. You might as well be running four different machines compared to that. So that's the kind of stuff that it's really, really taking advantage of, but also leads to the idea that you've got a background layer that has those pillars and then you've got a sprite layer with your lion hanging off a pillar and not dropping so leads to ocd carrington just getting freaked out about it i think it's i think that this cabinet was only sold as a kit and i'm going out there and maybe we'll get email that people tell me no 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 you're wrong but i could not find anything about this machine like no no sales flyers no anything that weren't promoting a kit so i think this just came as a conversion
1: well, that would make sense if if you bought the sixteen the system sixteen right. uh, system that uh, Sega would make want to make it easy as make it as easy as possible for you to switch them out as you needed
0: to um, because then they could sell you the kits as well. Oh, uh, you know what? We had had feedback this week or last week. That's what I should have talked about. Well, I'll dig it up and we'll talk about it maybe next week. Where somebody wrote in with a great suggestion, which is we should talk about for people interested in collecting these what what it would cost, like if you want to go and get the machine, what's the availability like that kind of stuff. So I actually looked into this and I and and hopefully I'll remember to do this going forward. The the average selling price for a good condition working Altered Beast that I could find over the last year or so, they seem to range in the 150 to 250 range. I never found anything that didn't describe it as a conversion cabinet, so I think that keeps the prices down. But there has been tons of these sold for less than 100 and often less than $50 at auctions, where I'll look at the old auctions, they'll show their prices online and what they sold for. So the last couple of years, there were a bunch of times you could have picked one of these up for $50. So, and there's, there's, there may be a reason for that. What's the um, reason? And,
1: well, and that's because this game, like Shinobi and a few of these other System Sixteens, uh, System Sixteen games, suffered from the suicide batteries.
0: Oh God, those! Yes. Geez. yes, Shinobi as well. Rob O'Hara has talked a couple times in his uh, his podcast about. Um, I think he, I think he's owned like three different Shinobi machines that had two at once. <laughs> like that's a lot of Shinobis, dude. But it had that thing where the the battery would then leak acid all over everything. Oh, what a terrible design.
1: And in the 16B, what happens is the battery leaks directly onto the Z80 sound chip and kills the sound. So if you are looking at buying a Shinobi cabinet or an altered beast cabinet and it has no sound as, uh, as Rob likes to point out it's not because of a loose wire to the speaker it's because the, the sound chip has been destroyed by a leaking battery.
0: Good tip, that's the yes. kind of knowledge you go in He's like oh sounds not working, that's probably because of the battery it's a system 16B, I'm going to sound so knowledgeable at <laughs> future options it's going to be awesome I'm going to walk right. the walk baby
1: I did find a, a page at retroclinic.com that talks about uh, how you can uh, remove, replace, and uh, remove and replace. Remove the dead batteries um, and replace the mm. the uh, encrypted chips with decrypted ones, so that it doesn't need that battery solution anymore.
0: Ah, nice, good, yes. good, good. And that will good.
1: be in the show notes, of course.
0: Oh, will it? Good. Send me that link. <laughs> I will. I will do that. <laughs> Fantastic. So overall, uh, I love this game. Like, I did I got to say, like, you have to be in the right mindset because it is a silly, silly game. And I and I think people. People seem to get really sniffy about this. I've seen a lot of reviews online this last week when I was reading about the game and everyone talking about how it's sort of ridiculous and it doesn't weather well and all that kind of stuff and how silly it is and how unintentionally hilarious. And I think they're not getting the point. I don't think it's unintentionally hilarious. I think this is intentionally hilarious. This is designed to be a B movie. It's designed to be like over the top and ridiculous and exuberant. And and you have to approach the game and, and play it and accept it accordingly. I think I think to say that it's unintentionally hilarious is, is judging it by a wrong standard.
1: Well, I think that maybe those people were frustrated and angry and rage quit, and
0: oh, so they. Oh, I, I understand that. <laughs> well, that's why they decided to say nasty things about it. The game is clearly designed to just pull all the quarters out of you. It can't. You might as well just have a shoot that goes from your pocket into the game. It'll just say, just yeah. "Give me everything," because it's just it's it's so hard. It's so easy to die. It's so easy to die because you press the button at the wrong time. You're just waiting and just get overwhelmed and just yeah, it's it's a uh, oh so frustrating. So you kind of have to play this game with unlimited free plays. Now, did you get all the way to the end? Oh goodness, no. I uh, did. I enjoyed this game enough. You did. That, since I'm on Mame, I then just set myself to be uh, like unlimited for a while. It's a quarter, 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 go go. Oh, okay. And then you I would spend this on one I, quarter. And when I, oh yeah, no, I did that as well. And we'll talk about my one quarter score. But then um, I was enjoying the game enough that I, I, I had never seen like, well, how many beasts can you turn into? And and since there is a plot, can you do you actually? rescue this princess or what's going on so i actually got to the end of the game now to do that i had to give myself not only unlimited replays but i had to frequently put myself into to god mode because i would get to an area that no matter how many quarters i can give myself i can't get past this thing so but by going into god mode a bunch of times like a bunch of times and having unlimited virtual quarters i was actually able to get to the end of the game and there is an end though i don't think i'm going to talk about it i just want to bring up the fact that there is an end to the game and if you like the game if it's something you're sort of enjoying then you shouldn't read about what the end is. The end is a surprise. There's actually like a uh, a surprise actual ending to the game. And I found it weird and kind of weirdly satisfying. And, and also something I didn't, I was like, really? What? It does I don't know if it really even makes sense, but at least it's interesting. Like everything else in this game, it's kind of weird, but it's interesting. So it's the kind of thing you'd want to talk to somebody about if they've if they've experienced the ending but i honestly do urge you to not peek at what the ending is because it's much more fun to have it just sort of happen so um i'm just saying that you know it's worth it it's worth giving yourself god mode go all the way to the end see how how weird things get because things get really strange with the enemies so it's worth watching just for that um and then get to the end of this game it's it's worth seeing great now i'm gonna have to play this game more <laughs> you gotta give yourself god mode though dude it gets insanely hard <laughs> okay uh so
1: you'd mentioned scores um and it's that time of the the show again so how Uh, did
0: you do i did pretty good i think and we should talk about how the scores jump weirdly so the best score i got was seventy one thousand four hundred, and that's basically just at the beginning of the third level like that's as far i could in fact no i guess i never got past the second boss with one quarter, I always have to put something else in. So I got into the second level, but I couldn't get past the the, the dude who floats and throws the the big ball things at you. Um, so seventy one thousand four hundred. Weirdly though, like my score at the end of the first level, like just before the first boss, was usually around nineteen thousand. Then you kill the first boss and you start the next level, and you're at like fifty thousand. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. So the scores jump dramatically when you can get past a milestone. So I got seventy one thousand four hundred. How did you do?
1: Well, uh I got to about the same point that you did. I couldn't get
0: past that that second boss. Right. And those stupid um, snakes that yeah. go up and down oh. in that swamp. Man, they're just such a pain. Rage quick. quick, again. <laughs> quick. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: you did slightly better than me this week.
0: Whew. Uh I did 68,200. Okay, so yeah, so we would be right in that same area. So, and I and I do know though like if you can beat the second boss cuz by cheating the way I did, then um <laughs> You you get like huge points again. So like the points do jump dramatically as you go past these milestones. So it's kind of like if somebody gets fifty thousand and somebody else gets twenty thousand, they might have only been twenty seconds apart in the game because right. you'll you'll have killed a boss and get thirty thousand for it, that kind of stuff. So. Yep. Uh
1: as as you mentioned, the game does have an end. Um, mm-hmm. but Twin Galaxies does not have a high score listed for the arcade version of this game.
0: Oh. So they- I say ours. Are the high
1: scores. <laughs> Well, they do have uh, um, MAME high scores f- for this, so I'm not sure why they don't have the arcade version there, mm-hmm. any, any listed. Uh, the MAME high score for this game is uh, 584,100, set by Paolo Valmer on August 19th of 2012.
0: Yeah, but that could have been just because he got past the second boss. <laughs> it's like possible, I said, you yes. probably get three hundred thousand for the second boss.
1: It looks like they they've not had a lot of scores even submitted for this game because the number twelve high score, the the one on the bottom of the list there, is seventy two thousand five hundred. Oh, really?
0: I was that close.
1: You were that close.
0: Oh, yes, man. <laughs> Um, it's awesome though. I gotta say, like it the is. game is bizarre. I'm not usually, to be honest, a huge fan of beat 'em up games. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this is so strange and so ridiculous and so over the top actually makes me enjoy it much more than I would if it was a straightforward game. I can only get so far into straightforward beat 'em ups without getting without finding it boring.
1: Yeah, it, this is this to me felt like a pretty a very uh, immersive game experience mm-hmm. where I could sort of get into it and enjoy the silly storyline. Uh, and the, the, the dumb graphics and, and colors and sound uh, a lot more, like you said, than, than some of these other games that that are also side-scrolling beat-em-ups and just aren't very interesting. Yep. Like, like uh, what was that karate game we played?
0: It was called The Karate Game. <laughs> Kung Fu Master? Yeah, is I think that's the it? other
1: one that I hated because you beat me at it. And I know, that was the best part. It <laughs> usually is, right? <laughs> Anyway, uh, I really enjoyed this game. It yep. sounds like you did too. Yeah, definitely. I, one thing that I found as I was researching this game uh, for this podcast this week is that this seemed to do this title seemed to do a lot better on on home platforms um, and and uh, uh, consoles than in the arcade. It, well, because the arcade was so expensive to play. Well, there's that. But all the feedback that we got seemed to to indicate that. You know, I played this game at home, or I saw it in the arcade, but I didn't play it that much in the arcade. Uh, it was released for almost every console imaginable. But it was big um, on the Genesis. Like, yes.
0: Because there was that whole period where everyone was waiting for the Nintendo... Uh, the Super Nintendo to come out. It got delayed in this, this whole period where then Sega came out with the Genesis and they kind of had the 16 bit market to themselves with their blast processing, whatever the heck that was supposed to be. Right. Um, and this was the packing game. So a lot of people were exposed to this game, I think because of Genesis mm-hmm. in that period waiting for the, the uh, Super Nintendo. So. Right.
1: It was also on many of the home computers of the day. So we got the Genesis, the mega, the Amiga, the Sega Master System, the PC Engine, there was a DOS version, uh, the Famicom, Commodore 64, MSX, and the Amstrad. But was there an Apple II? I, I never played it on Apple. I don't II. think there was. I, I think that uh, Apple II's... Graphics capabilities were were so limited that it wasn't something that they See, attempted. We're
0: discussing games that aren't on the Apple II. That's right. All our listeners are Commodore people. We're surrounded, Mike. <laughs> we're <gonna laughs> we got to circle the
1: We just can't win. There were <laughs> there were a couple of not not direct, necessarily direct sequels, but they they used the same properties. Oh, um, in two thousand two, there was Altered Beast: Guardian of the Realm released on the Game Boy Advance. Oh, okay. Um, but again, it didn't have anything to do with the original title and there was Project Altered Beast on the PlayStation 2 oh, in I don't know 2005.
0: Yep. You found a whole bunch of things that I do not know, didn't come across them at all. I probably should have looked you at You are Wikipedia. just
1: completely unprepared. I I'm you completely are.
0: forgetting to look at Wikipedia <laughs> That's first. right. So Project Altered Beast it was called? Yes. Now then, was that like a, a sequel thing? or?
1: Uh, that was on the PlayStation 2. Oh, okay. um, and it doesn't look like I'm just looking at some of the screenshots here, and it doesn't look like it really had anything at all to do with the original as well. In fact, yes, this, the story has moved from ancient Greece to modern day America. There's this weird genome mist polluting the air. Only oh, you, and the genome thing is that would be yes, what changes you, what alters yes, you into a beast. That's right. A, only you, a super soldier genome cyborg named Luke
0: I am a super soldier Custer. genome cyborg. <laughs> oh my gosh! I should play. In fact, I should sue them. Can't use my story that way. Yeah.
1: You play Luke Custer, who can morph all kinds of beasts using the Luke power of Custard?
0: science. Did you say Luke Custard? Custard. Oh, Custard is not so much less. I was thinking because he's genetic material can be molded, so his name is Custard. I was like, that's totally awesome, dude. Wow. I'm Luke Custard, and I and I fill the container I placed in.
1: Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when we podcast early in the morning.
0: That's totally awesome. I want to make a game called Luke Custard.
1: Uh in the beginning, you turn into a werewolf, similar to the original game, mm-hmm. but later on, you gain the power of of the merman.
0: <laughs> the uh, power of the merman. I no longer <laughs> have the ability to walk.
1: Because there are, yes, the, well, there are underwater segments. And so you right, become okay. A merman, oh, then that's better, okay. You, be, you can become a glorified yeti, a hawk, and a minotaur. Nice. Uh, and a few other uninteresting beasts. So, okay. Very little to do with the storyline, but... Similar but game. The same players. sort of idea. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And cool. this is, this is not a side scroller. It's uh, sort of the third person shooter. Oh, uh, sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: so, yeah, that, uh, I like it though. You know, I gotta say with altered beast, uh, I totally give it a thumbs up. It's a game. I don't know that it's a game. Like if I was, if I was doing the whole, this is the feedback we got from the same guy who said we should, uh, make sure we talk about costs um we should also say like you know go back to would we put it in our in our arcades like would we include it would we put it in the Ooh. the mike mcginnis memorial arcade i'd like to kill you to inform an arcadist. that's my plan uh, <laughs> so um for me well, i really like this game you know what i wouldn't i i i, I just now nah, it's not offering something i couldn't get out of Mame, and i wouldn't play it often enough that I'd want to dedicate the floor space to it because I'm always presuming I'll have a limited number I could get like I could have 10 or 20 machines and that's it if I could have unlimited machines then well I'll take them all but as it is this wouldn't make the cut for me
1: well now that you've cheated your way to the end you've already seen the whole thing anyways
0: well that's kind of it and in, in that sense I sort of it's sort of disappointing that I did. Like the thing is I never would have got to the end without God mode. I could play this game the rest of my life. I never would have seen the end. So I did cheat myself and, and get to the end of it. And that does kind of take away from playing it again. I don't know that I'll come back to it for quite some time because I've seen the end of, of the story in a sense. And, um, so there's the, that's the downside again I, I i think it's worth seeing though but uh, i caution you it can change change the way you see the game um but yeah it would it would make the, if i could only have like 20 machines while i do recommend and really like this game and appreciate it and enjoy playing it it wouldn't make my cut and what about you mike would it go into your arcade i'm sort of of two minds about this um, the man with two minds
1: that's right uh initially i, I guess the answer would in the the long run, probably be no. If I could get one that didn't have the battery problem that had the unencrypted sound chips, um, the the unencrypted ROMs loaded in it, um, I think probably still I would not, just because there's limited replay value to this.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, See, the thing is, I would want, I would let a Sega 16B machine, like the hardware, be one of those systems. Like, if I could have a, a ROM switch to say, now you're Golden Axe, now you're Shinobi, that kind of, now you're Tetris. Now you're whatever. So, so
1: sort of the, a Sega version of the PlayChoice Ten.
0: Exactly. Yes, okay. I, that's exactly what I want. Sega Choice Three. <laughs> okay. Make it happen, Mike. Make it happen.
1: All right. So I guess that brings us to next week's game. Oh,
0: it'll have a sound, Mike. Make that happen. Here it goes. <laughs> You made it happen. I made it happen. It was made. (laughs) Well, excellent. I look forward to hearing or playing (laughs) next week's game, Not Just Here I'm not going to play with the Force. I might actually view it. We'll see if anybody can guess what it is. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will as well. I'm no longer surprised when everybody guesses. Yeah, me too. With Buck (laughs) Rogers, though. I'm sure we'll fool them again someday. (laughs) Cool. Thanks for podcasting with me, Mike. Thank you, Carrington. I will talk to you soon. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, why not head over to iTunes where you can leave us a rating or a review. It really helps other people find the show. You can also interact with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash no quarter podcast or follow us on Twitter at no quarter show. Feedback to the show can be sent to feedback at monsterfeet.com. And like all Monsterfeet podcasts, the original material in this show has been released to the public domain.